Hi, everybody. I'm Joshua Danziger. And I'm Ethan Canfield. Today is Thursday, March 11th. And this is The Young Perspective, where we talk about America's biggest political and social dilemmas from the eyes of two high schoolers. Welcome back, everybody, to The Young Perspective. This week, we are getting back into some of the, not philosophical questions, but some of the more political uh, theory-based questions that we like to talk about. The last one, I think, was talking about, what was the last one talking about? I don't know. Anyway, the topic of today's episode is private prisons. They have been a big thing for every president since Bush, and we're going to be discussing what a private prison is, how it's different from a public prison. Is it right for people to make money off of prisoners and taking away people's freedoms? So let's get started. Ethan, what is okay. a private prison? Yeah. So a private pl- yeah. So a private prison is a place where people are imprisoned by a third party that is contracted by the government. By the government. And private prison companies typically enter uh, contracts with the government, and that allow them to uh, house prisoners, and they pay um, a per DM or monthly rate for each pr- prisoner uh, in their facilities. And this started uh, during the 1800s, technically, and it accelerated during the Civil War. But private prisons, as we know them now, really started opening up shop in the U.S. in the 80s, and this coincided with a big booming rate of prison populations. So you have Instead of the government running a prison, whether it's state or federal, you have private companies who a lot of the times build these facilities or they, you know, they rent it or operate it from the government, but they, they maintain these facilities and they run these facilities. The government, the police stations, the, you know, the, the courts bring them people. Uh, they house the people in the facilities. They run the operation of the food and the, in the, you know, the maintenance of the facilities. They run the day-to-day operations and they're paid uh, a per diem rate for each prisoner that they house. A lot of the times they also are paid for every bed that they have in the prison. So even if they're not prisoners occupying those beds, they're still paid for that. And it's somewhere between $30 and $50 a day for each prisoner in the prison, depending on the prison where it's located and, and the contract that is, uh, that is operated between the government and the company. There are two large companies that operate in private prisons. They're called, what are they called? Geo? And uh, it's, I think it's GME. Yeah, GME. No, GME is GameStop. It's, it's Geo and yes, it's Geo Group and Core Civic. And these two companies have come under a lot of scrutiny in the past couple of years because a lot of people think that profiting off imprisoning others is wrong. How many private prisons are there? Yeah, so private prisons make up about 8% of the total state and federal prison populations. And uh, since 2000, they've increased, um, from 30, they've increased 33% compared to normal prison populations only increasing 3%. So they're definitely increasing over the last uh, few years and few decades. Yeah, and they're increasing at a higher rate than just the total prison population. That means more people are going into private prisons than all prisons overall. In total, in the U.S., there are 116,000 people in private prisons. That was in 2019, reiterating, reiterating that's 8% of the total prison population. Currently, I believe that the state that has the most percentage of private prisoners in private prisons is Montana with 47% of the population uh, in private facilities. 
19 states actually don't have private prisons at all. So it's right. So it's not everywhere. A lot of the times it's the more democratic states who don't have private prisons. Um, most of the Republican states do. Another interesting part about the private prison population and, uh, what are private prisons used for is that they're actually used for immigrant detention populations. 40,634 people or 81% of uh, these immigrants that are detained um, are confined in privately run facilities in 2019. And so that's a big part of this industry is um, ICE working with uh, these private prisons to create facilities for, to detain uh, these immigrants. So we're going to talk about later in this episode, Biden just signed an executive order in January to try to, you know, cut out private prisons from the prison system, but he did not talk about private detention centers holding immigrants. So I guess those will continue if Biden has no plans to, to change that. Anyway, should we talk about how these companies make money? Well, we talked about they, get, they sign contracts with the government, but how do they really make more money? There are two ways. They can either increase market share, which means build more prisons and house more prisoners in their prisons, or they can cut costs, meaning more, a lot of the times, more human rights abuses or violence or worse food or worse, you know, clothing or shelter or whatever. Cutting costs seems like can't be good for the prisoners. So both are bad because when you want to increase market share, that push puts pressure on the justice system to bring more people into the prisons. That pushes pressure on the courts to fill the prisons. Well, basically, you have private prison companies admitting that their business model depends on locking up more and more people. That's fundamentally wrong. And then secondly, when you're trying to cut costs and when you're talking about a business that runs maintaining and uh, caring for humans, cutting costs on that, that seems like kind of like you're abusing human rights. So either way, to make money as a private prison seems fundamentally wrong. But Ethan, is making money on private prisons wrong if if in fact people are not treated worse in these private prisons? Yeah, I agree. If you aren't cutting costs and if you're not um, trying to get more people in, if you're not holding prisoners for longer sentences, and if you're not doing things that are wrong, if you're giving them the same you know, conditions that you would give in any other prison and it's still fair and, not, and you know, there isn't an increase in violence or anything like that, then sure, there isn't something so wrong about a private prison. Should you know, this more ethically, is it right? to make money off of this? Maybe not, but it's not the worst thing in the world considering that it might help out the, the government who can't afford to obtain so many prisoners. So that's uh, prisoners. one of the big arguments that Republicans use is that private prisons save the government money. The, the Republican idea is that everything privatized in the end saves the government money. Is that true? It's debatable. There's not a lot of information um, supporting that. In a 2001 Department of Justice study showed that private prisons only saved 1% more than a, than a publicly run prison would. So 1%, is that worth the possible human rights abuses? I don't know. A 1999 study, I believe, from the American Association of Accountants or something like that said that there's no real evidence that they save money. So is that argument that private prisons are great because they save the taxpayer dollars, is that a valid argument? Seems like it doesn't hold up like the Republicans hope it would. And you know, one thing about saving the taxpayer dollars that may not exactly be true because a private prison, a lot of the time, 
they choose to not house costly prisoners. They say, mm, I don't really want to house this prisoner who could cost us a lot more money. So where does that prisoner go? They go to public prisons or they're going to cost the public prisons a lot more money. And who pays for the public prisons? Well, the taxpayers. And so in the end, who knows actually how much they really save the government and the taxpayers. So what are the disadvantages? First of all, possible human rights abuses. They say that private prisons see up to 50% more violence when compared to public prisons uh, with regards to inmates on officer assault. For-profit prisons also see 60% more inmate on inmate assaults. So that seems like more violence is occurring in these prisons. Another uh, disadvantage of private prisons is that they usually have uh, longer sentences in private prisons than in public prisons. And, you know, a, a study from the University of Quantum has shown that uh, prisoners who are being held in private prisons can serve actually up to more than 7% longer um, sentences than those in public prisons. And so if you're a prisoner, why would you want to go to a private prison when you're going to have to spend a lot more time there? Because they're just trying to keep you in there so they don't lose money. If, you know, if they're, if they're maybe having a bad quarter or you know, a bad few years, they're just going to want to keep you in there as long as possible. Maybe try and cut corners or you know, go to the, dust, the Justice Department and try and you know, get you to stay in there for longer, get you for something else, and try to keep you in for as long as possible to make more money for them. A lot of these arguments are that private prisons are bad for prisoners because they, they cut costs um, and the living standards are much worse in these private prisons. But what's interesting is a report from a couple of years ago, it said that private prisons have much less complaints from prisoners um, to the prison system than public prisoners. I think the number was like 76 to 124. That was the metrics they were using. I don't know what kind of metrics those are. But even so, they said there's a lot less complaints from prisoners in private prisons. But they said if you take specific areas of complaints, there's you know 24% more complaints in private prisons about um, inmate-on-inmate -inmate violence. So in certain areas, it seems like there's more complaints. But in other areas, or in overall, it seems like there's less complaints. And I don't know how complaints translate to actual uh, living conditions for prisoners, but that, that's something that could refute some of these arguments about worse living conditions in these private prisons. That's true. But in any aspect, complaint versus not, it seems like there are definitely some, uh, so maybe there are some advantages and there definitely are some disadvantages. But because of that, Democrats like uh, President Biden are wanting to get rid of the executive. They're wanting to get rid of private prisons. It started with Obama when he, in his administration, he tried to um, pass a executive order or he tried to, he created an executive order that will try and phase out the Justice Department's use of private prisons. Then uh, Trump in his um, term basically got rid of that. But now Biden's reinstating that and he basically signed an executive order that will phase out the, the DOJ from the use of private prisons. What that exactly means, Joshua, want to talk about that? Specifically relating to the jump between Obama not supporting private prisons and Trump supporting private prisons, two months before Trump was elected, Obama's uh, administration released an announcement they were going to be phasing out private prisons, and many investors got scared. So they, the stocks of GEO and uh, CoreCivic dropped about 10%, I believe. Both of them dropped 10%. So investors were scared that you know, the, these contracts were going to go, or go away and these companies would be making less money. When Trump was elected, the day after the, that he was the day after he was elected, their stocks jumped way back up because investors knew that these companies under a Republican government would be getting more contracts and making more money. That's a little bit interesting. And now that Biden has won, well, their stocks 
are back down because the chances, chances are in the future years, less contracts will be signed, revenues will be down, the government's not going to support them as much. And for exactly what the executive order will do, basically, it gives uh, it tells the Justice Department to decline any uh, contracts to, re- to renew them for privately owned uh, or for-profit prisons. Also, I want to add that these companies like Core Civic and uh, GEO, they know, I mean, obviously they know that they do pretty well under a, a Republican government versus a Democratic government. Um, and you can see that and who they give their money to. They donate a lot, a lot of money to the Republican Party and a lot, a lot less money to the Democrat Party. Looking at the private prison system overall, we must ask ourselves the larger question. Is it right for people to be profiting off prisoners? Off people whose freedoms have been taken away? And that's the question we're going to leave you with here at this junction in our evenings. It is getting late for us, young prospective listeners. We must go to sleep. It's 18 minutes past Ethan's bedtime. It's 10.18. Um, so thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of the young perspective. If you want to hear more from us, you can go to our website, the perspective.net. We just got the .net URL. Thank you, Ethan. If you have.com, let us know. We want to buy it. You can also follow us on Instagram at the underscore young underscore perspective. What else do we have? We have, um, did you mention our email? We have our email email. If you want to contact us, be on our podcast. We love to have guests. We don't have enough guests. Our email is ejtheyoungperspective at gmail.com. That, that is EJ, standing for Ethan and Josh, the young perspective at gmail.com. We want to thank once again our editor, Marissa, who has helped in the development of this episode and will be editing the Instagram video for this week. We love all our listeners. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And remember, this was the young perspective. <laughs>